Musician and visual artist Eve Rice. Shoot! Unvolved Jungle! <laughs> Harvey Cardwell. What? Take off your mask, George. And I'm George Spicer, and, and we opened the very first Robert's Donuts, Donuts, Donuts back in 1975. We're coming to you live from Winnipeg's flagship location at 250 York The freaking hotspot of Canada. Got you know, before all this coronavirus pandemic malarkey, it's real. Robin's Donuts used to be the place to bring all your family and friends. Harvey, I'm telling you, this is a bad idea. That's why at every Robin's Donuts locations across Canada, we are going to party like it's 2019. I have nothing to do with this. No more masks. No more of this social distancing. Don't listen to him, folks. No more hand sanitizer. No soap in the washrooms. He owns 51% of the company. There's nothing I can do. Bring the entire family down and cozy up to our fake fireplace environment. Did you say which no I soap? Will personally make sure we fill to maximum capacity. He's finally lost it, folks. Uh, George? Your line. And unlike the other guys, we will serve anyone who is experiencing any symptoms of the coronavirus. No, we're fucking not. And if you make it in by the end of the day today, you're going to get a high five and a big old hug from Uncle Harvey. And you can stay the fuck away from Uncle George. That's for sure. Remember, 2019 pricing at Robin's Donuts. Well, you get to save a whole nickel. I'll pay you a dollar if you just stay home. I don't care what the government says. Come on down to Robin's Donuts. Fast, fresh, friendly and fuck off stay home and listen to the manitoba money shot podcast which you are currently doing my name is ronald george moore uh thank you so much for checking out the show a very exciting and uh fantastic interview with eve rice on the agenda today um but before we get into that i'm going to do my usual push of uh perhaps you have not subscribed to the show which is on uh, apple podcasts Stitcher, Amazon podcasts, apparently. Um, you can find us uh, on, at our host site is SoundCloud, which is my personal favorite. Please subscribe and um, check out the back catalog of uh, some amazing interviews with uh, the best and brightest Manitoba talent working today. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. We're also on YouTube. And uh, so join and like and spread the word for me, would ya? That'd be awesome. Now then, at the top of the show, you heard uh, a clip of Set Me on Fire, uh, Vov Jungle song. And you're going to be hearing a lot of Vov Jungle songs, uh, just short little snippets throughout the show, uh, spanning her almost three-decade career. Beauty Love Chant, Off My Rocker, Corrupt or Fuhaishita, Get My Way. Let's make love, cause I can. And from the new album called Cover Up, the single Cover Up. And as a, a bonus, 
Uh, right away, we're going to play uh, the new music video, which is also dropped as the same day as the album, called Bop. And the music video is awesome. It features Winnipeg's talentless, the talentless lumps. It's very cool. And if you want to buy the new album, if you want to purchase any or all of Bob Jungle's albums, go to evericegallery.com. evericegallery.com. You'll find it all there. Plus, you're going to see her uh, original art pieces that are available for sale as well. You're going to find all things Eve Rice, DJ Bikini, and Vav Jungle in one spot. Eve is also a master hairstylist. She has so many things, and it was an absolute joy going through a catalog and talking with her. And now without further ado from her new album, Bop. Done, son. How about that? Vav Jungle, Bop. Now, interview Eve Rice. Let's do it. Buying, selling, anything we got. 
We're rolling here. Yes, Eve Rice. Good to see you. Good to see you, Ron. Thanks for it's doing the show. Thanks for doing the show. Yeah. Or should I call you DJ Bikini? That is your alias. Well, I've had a few AKs. I sort of say DJ Bikini produces Vogue Jungle, but I'm Eve Rice. So it's kind of, yeah, whatever works. Yeah, and so. of course, famous Winnipeg outfit, Vogue Jungle. Amazing. Well, <laughs> so. Somewhat. You've got many albums under that name right now, dating back to the 90s, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah 91, around 90. Uh, no, wait, first cassette was 93, 92. <laughs> nice. You know, I hear cassettes are making a comeback, much like the albums did. Like, there's a whole cassette culture which is start up. So, uh, totally. So get, get those back yeah. on the shelves, Eve. Why? <laughs> If you yeah, still have if I, could, I think I'm going to have to like find a copy. <laughs> I know I have some stuff put away somewhere. Um, I, I do have actually, oh, sorry, I bore a fan of Bob Jungle. I bored all of mine from him because I didn't have any more copies because <laughs> I used to send them about. I used to send them to you know, CBC and just different things. And actually, I haven't given his copies back, and I think he's a little pissed off I haven't given them back. <laughs> he really likes them, and I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, you got to keep them as a fan, you know? you got to get those back yeah. to him. You have a brand-new album coming out uh, very yeah. soon. What better opportunity than quarantine to call somebody and talk for an hour? Quarantine! <laughs> yeah. Can I assume you're a Winnipegger or Manitoban? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Winnipeg. You're from Winnipeg? Yeah, definitely. What, what part yeah. of the city? Uh, St. James. St. James, okay. Yeah, very, very straight-laced St. James. <laughs> so, I don't know, it was when I grew up, so... Yeah, yeah, and uh, St. James, uh, what, what school would that have been? What elementary? I went to Voyager. Voyager. So is that a, a yeah. French school? Actually, I think they, they intended to, it to be a, uh, a French immersion, but it was a fake French immersion, actually. It was, you know, they, it was like learning French like every other kid, but they did honor the Voyagers, and uh, you would have some sort of uh, sing-alongs, about, you know, during Festival, but we all never went to festivals, so it, it, I think it was just... That's the way the school was organized at the time, I think. Did you get good grades? Yeah, my early years, elementary, I was a pretty good student. I didn't have to do too much. And I, you know, like I just sort of picked it up. And I had yeah. kind of a musicality, so I got music, you know. So That early, um, that early, huh? Oh, yeah, I was playing, um, my mom plays conservatory piano. So we had like... At one point, I had a piano and an organ, but my dad likes technology, and my mom's not into organs because she used to play at the churches for funerals. So it was kind of she's more joyous to play a piano because there she's super, you know, Roman Catholic. You know, like let's yeah. keep it up, like right. keep things happy. <laughs> and, right. um, yeah, yeah. So, but my dad felt organs were technology because that actually was the technology at the time. Was organs were like getting cool and digital and you know like there were things about them that were like stereos and that's why we had a huge organ boom right in the 70s yeah yeah um as you may remember like there were or everybody had an organ there's yamaha lectone courses and there's competitions and there were records being made for lectone yamaha lectone competitions really? and, and the yeah, they're super kitsch. It's super cool. Uh, some of it's very cool. And electron competitions are 
primarily in Japan now, you know, because, for example, Yamaha organs were made in in in, in Japan, so mm-hmm. they're Yamaha's known for their those organs, those things coming in the 70s, and there it's also like that. Uh, you know, um, space obviously, those movies, you know, early 70s, um, you know, 2000, what's the, you know, the big one, yeah, you know, 2001, uh, Space Odyssey, 2001, yeah, Space Odyssey, like it's, I, I think they use an EX 11 Yamaha Lectone, which was in glass at wow. Eaton's downtown in Winnipeg at one point. And every time I try to see the guy playing that keyboard, I was like in school, so I would go and I'd see, they had it encased in glass with like brass yeah this big white organ it was so it was seventy five thousand dollars this organ from you didn't want fingerprints on that <laughs> no now i have a hammond a 50th anniversary hammond which is my new album sea hag but beautiful sorry i was gonna call it i actually did i was gonna call it sea hag i think i like beautiful hag it kind of works yeah beautiful hag definitely works so i have that organ which the new album is based off of actually which is the 50th anniversary which also gets kind of a few bad reviews i saw because it's their 50th and it wasn't really the ultimate hammond they have issues you know this you know i'm i don't want to nerd out all i know is it's got draw bars and it's got rhythms and it's part digital and part analog which is unusual for a home organ and it has a leslie but it's not like a giant leslie but i'm using it as a keyboard so i'm like you know recording it i'm self i self-produced the whole thing and i played live instruments on it but that's been Um, kind of your your track record of your albums right so i know how to play instrument other instruments i played in jazz band in school for five years but not like only reading i i read a bass clef i played keyboard bass in jazz band which is so sort of funny i had a silver 60s bass like it was weird and and i wanted to play drums and i said get her off the drum she's terrible like i was t- i was too small i had my feet someone i didn't know to position a chair you know you're in high school okay. and there's guys playing drums for the band right like yeah. for the orchestra the mini orchestra it's like she's like what am i doing i just thought i could maybe do it so you were, but, you were um, in the I, high school band then yeah, I was in jazz band. I jazz was in jazz band. band. Right. Yeah, in St. In St. James Collegiate, I was in jazz, in jazz band. And we went to Hammerschold School in Thunder Bay. That was our tour. Like, you know, it was kind of, you know. Um, and this and, is your playing yeah, keyboard for jazz. I was, I was playing xylophone a bit in timpani, and then I ended up just being keyboard bass. That nice. was my thing. Okay. And, you know, most people are, you know, I know scales and I used to be able to read. I'm not a fast reader, actually, but I, I play by ear. So when I was really young, I actually played by ear. So I was doing that when I was five or six. I could wow. make out. So, yeah, it was kind of funny. So, but in school, they just pass you if you play by ear because they know that you're not going to follow everything perfectly. You know how to read it, but you're just kind of going along with it. Oh, I know that's a G. I know that's an... Like, I just know when I'm looking at it. Yeah, and that, base, was that because your environment at, at home was your, your mom's playing? You know, she plays for the church. And your dad is also a player? He, he, he's a no. musician? No. He just like, like <laughs> no. keyboards. No, my dad loves music, but he has no, not a music, he has no musicality. He has no tempo. But he tapped his fingers on the steering wheel a lot. That's what I always say about my dad. <laughs> nice. and, he, and he likes 
the song Blue Spanish Eyes. He's always attempting to play it. And we'd watch him go, he doesn't really have the beat. Did you have other uh, interests besides music? Like, were you doing any sports? Or? Uh, no, no. I, none of us. My sisters, brothers, not, no sports. Zero. Right. Absolutely zero. My mom, my, yeah, like, it just seems like people are in engineers, doctors. My parents aren't, but my my extended family is kind of like that. So it was those worlds. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, like, even me doing, becoming a hairdresser was kind of to support myself through university. Yeah. And then I didn't, then I didn't finish my degree because I was doing music. I was doing everything by myself. And yeah. I... There was no way I was trying to get things back together again. I'm like, how I got to be able to do this, this, but there is a limit. I constantly played. I constantly was knocking on doors to sell music. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you know that um, over the years, uh, CBC was, uh, I had a friend in David Wisdom who had the show Nightlines for years. He, he, you know, they played my stuff and then I had kind of a, theme song that was on for years that I made royalties from and people would be kind of like well, how did you get it's like oh, I just what? saw ads people literally had ads like a, a sheet in Cinematheque at Artspace which was like a big deal at one point mm-hmm, when yeah. Artspace opened you probably remember yep. I went to that opening I remember it I was 17 I was underage mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember there were sheets on doors looking for theme music that's like a, if you don't know that's an opportunity, you must be living under a rock. Right. Like you, you just go, okay, like I'll figure it out once I hit it. Maybe it's something I won't like. Well, that's literally how I got some jobs. So like, at 17, really awesome. you already had music recorded? Uh, yeah. That, like I didn't get that work when I was 17, but I actually, I'll, do you want me to tell you a good story? Yeah, yeah, please like, bring it on. I, We're all I about the good stories. stories. <laughs> I have stories galore. Ralph Ben Murgy used to host Nightlines, originally did in Winnipeg. It wasn't from Vancouver. Oh, okay. It was from Winnipeg originally. And um, he, yeah, like I, I, I remember sending stuff to CBC. I don't know who I sent it to. And they sent the package back. Like when I was knocking on doors, they weren't really willing to help you get anywhere. They didn't give me any suggestions. They said, Sorry, not our style. Right. <laughs> it was sent back to me, and I was totally like, oh. Like, and this you would know. have been like a press kit or something, something with your music, maybe a write-up? Yeah, I would, I would have typed it out. Right. Like I, I would have typed it out and said, I'm looking for work. But, I mean, it was on a cassette. It's not mastered. Yeah. I probably wrote something, drew something, which wouldn't be then, you know, it was like <laughs> – I don't know where they wouldn't accept something like that. They would just look at it. But it, the thing is, is I was local. When you were doing that, were you billing yourself as Bob Jungle back then? Or well, when did that, when did actually, Bob Jungle come onto the scene? Well, I'll, I have to add, I was in Just Ducky, which was the only uh, all girl electronic band in Winnipeg. Just Ducky? And, <laughs> yeah, and it's the only, <laughs> apparently. Apparently, I was in grade, I think I was 16, 15. The lead singer was 12, 13. Wow. And we opened for, we opened for um, Skinny Puppy and what? Severed Head. Yeah. Wild. That, where'd you play? Yeah. 
We played at Franco Manitoba in the center. We played at the art gallery. We played at the UW. Um, wow. And this, yeah, we, and, and that was actually my first thing was that because people do, there's um, a docu made by artist Daniel Barrow and, and we're in it. And it's along with like Illumin, like, Guy Madden, he we had a show on VPW, so sort of video on base, like things that were on wow. on video. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, Guy Madden so. had a show on video on cable television. He may, he may not be. You know what? Public he access. Yeah, he's not yet public access television. Sorry, because we were called video on, right? Right. So, um, but yeah, we were on there. We were on a show called Alternative Rock Stand. I think he played our us when we played live at uh, the thing in uh, at um, uh, Franco Manitoban Center. Right. And right. Right. We made a cassette called The Pond because we were called Just Ducky and Ted Afanasyev, who was uh, owned the Fat Angel. Uh, that was on Main Street Ooh, at that, one point. That rings a bell. What was that? A restaurant? Yeah, Fat Angel. It was a rest. It was a restaurant. Like maybe fifteen years. No, what am I saying? Fifteen. It was ninety eight, ninety seven, around that time. Okay. He he recorded us. He was he actually found us interesting. I think it was just you know we we're just hanging out and he's like, who are these girls? And he recorded us because we didn't know how to record ourselves. Right. So he recorded us. And those cassettes are around. Some people have them. Some like I've heard. You know, someone said you got to re, but I, we have to be all in agreement. Those guys live in Toronto now, and like you know, we don't. I don't know. We'll deal with it at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the timing's no, right. When the timing's know, right. Exactly. <laughs> the pond will so, return. <laughs> well, what happened is those guys went to Toronto, and I wasn't ready to go to Toronto. I was a little afraid to go, and actually. Part of it, the reason was because at the time those guys smoked cigarettes and I was getting migraines. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. I was, and I was leaving the Pekingese dog at home. My, my parents, uh, it was kind of close to the dog. And I said, Can you leave it one year? We'll go. We, we knew that, like, Helen, who is a genius at me, she knew Jayla Biafra. Like, she was meeting lots. She's a good manager. And it was three sisters. It was like three oh, sisters wow. and me. Wow. So. Yeah, so the day they left to Toronto, which was, it was in 89, actually, Mm. I decided last minute not to go, and I asked my friend going to university that morning, I said, could you please take me to McDonald's, because I can't, I I don't want to be here when her dad comes, (laughs) and we left, and I didn't go to Toronto, I wasn't ready. So then that left you bandless, (laughs) no band Uh And then I, uh, I bought a keyboard. That's that was it. I just went. Oh well, I'm gonna work solo. Like what, it was. was such your, a, sorry, what was your first keyboard? Or the keyboard uh, you yeah, bought? It was a, a Yamaha PSR 680. Yamaha PSR 680. Okay, that's for all the tech heads out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they can get a visual. And is that uh, something you used on Zigadig? Uh, yes, very good, actually. Yes, and uh, John Gerdebeck, who is actually. Again, coincidentally, Guy Madden's editor. He does a lot of editing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he recorded it. So he made that keyboard sound actually for 1997 sound pretty damn good, um, yeah. I must say. Definitely. Yeah. Z- Z- Zigadig is the first Vav Jungle album. It came yes. out in 1997. How did you find your your sound and your noise, what you wanted to do? Zigadig is that I thought, I need an excuse for this album. And I used to believe dreams, you know, everybody does. Dreams, 
make you, you know, you give you ideas. So oh, yeah. I actually, I recorded dreams. So Zigadig is all kind of dream based. It's all dreams I had. And Zigadig, the word Zigadig was made up in the studio last minute with John and I laughing. And it sounded like he went, he says, listen to this word I say. And I was like, what, what? And it sounded like Zigadig. And I went, Zigadig is like phenomenal as in the name of an album. So I just went, <laughs> and Bob Jungle, Jungle, like to the public is, you know, Winnipeg kind of knows me as Bob Jungle, or people in certain, you know, would know of me. Yeah. But out of town, I found it was a, it's probably the worst name you could give when you're selling something because the name VAV doesn't make sense. But yet it's a word um, in, in Hebrew, uh, but it's not, I dreamt the name Bob Jungle. So I literally dreamt the name. I wrote it down. I wrote it down overnight. Yeah. And I went, but Vav, what the hell, you know, what's Vav? You said Vav is, is a letter in Hebrew? Yeah, yeah. What letter? Yeah, and it, I think it's the fifth letter. It's mm. the fifth letter. And you know, I usually remember what it means, and I don't remember what it means now. I haven't thought about it for so long, but it's, yeah, V-A-V. Definitely your sound. You have a certain sound over your albums. Lots of electronic right. keyboards and th- synthesizers and weird pops and, and, uh, uh, and I'm wondering where that all came from as far as uh, influences you had growing up. Like, wh- what do you call it? Like a go-go swing type of, uh, yeah. type of style. Yeah, yeah. No, my, uh, I was brought up, like when I was brought up, my, my parents didn't go out a lot. Um, they, but I was really influenced by old commercials. There was a show called Laughing. Oh yeah, Laughing. And again, I, yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't. I don't remember, but they would have, I think, probably reruns of it. Maybe not. And I seemed, I'll tell you, I really personally believe anything you see when you're three or four years old is something that you will like for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> because images of, I remember commercials for Dippity Doo with like a lady hiding behind a curtain and thinking, <laughs> the hell is she doing? But she's so cool. So it, I was, I think there was a, definitely an influence of image i think it's the images of the early 70s or like because it was the kodachrome was coming out there were things that were making things colorful around us yeah and that that is the why that time i think people will grab it to say 70s sucked and it's brown and orange and but if you know better it's actually a kind of an interest it's a very interesting time because we were kind of getting we were we're all turning technical and right now we're just like there's color everybody's there's color is out there color wasn't there yet and even textiles like we had psychedelic fabrics and people would say day glow as opposed to fluorescent okay and day glow has a mix a little bit of black in it a tiny bit of black but it's still fluorescent but it doesn't look like fluorescent colors that we see now so we're we've exploded off the page in colors which also affects us i think completely now so at the time i was i love color who doesn't like colors when you're a kid you're like oh my god so seeing those sort of uh slides that my dad would do it kind of why how come when you take a picture it looks different like you just look at a feather you just look at a ring but he's taking a macro photo of something and i think oh like it's a bit sciencey like you know it's like it's microscopic but you go this looks so cool like there's something about it so yeah i think 
those I'm kind of affected by images like that that help me create music. With, yeah. with uh, Zigadig, <laughs> is there any particular songs on there that stand out for you? Beauty Love Chant I really like, and we made a video to it. Don't overanalyze this situation. Love blooms in mysterious ways. Yes, I'm ready for your beauty spaghetti. I felt um, at the time that my vocal, I needed more coaching on vocal. I'll be honest, but I, I still like it. Like, I, I think, well, that's like how I was. Like, but I was pensive. I, I felt a little bit more pensive about how I sang. And I wanted, when I would try to translate, like say, I want more of an effect. I would say I want more delay. And I meant to say reverb, but I knew the difference, but I was nervous. Yeah, and, right. but. But John, but John was really helpful, and John, yeah, he recorded it. He made it more filmish. The way it was recorded was more like a film, if you listen to it. And it's very, it's humorous. Like, it sounds almost childish, like, some of it. And then there's a, a bit of adult content and mixed sexuality, like, kind of in there. Like, you know, there's a little bit double entendres going on in it all over. And I think that's kind of the funny part of it. And yeah, it definitely whatever. has funny and quirky moments, like uh, uh, Betty Crocker, Off Your Rocker. <laughs> yeah, and that song, yeah, Off My Rocker, a lot of people still will say, do you... You ever performed that since? And it's funny, I never thought of my music really selling big, so I never went to the point of pushing it. Well, Betty Crocker, I'm off my rocker. Absolutely not for you. If you can take love and make love and eight by ten pounds, well, Betty, I'm your I'm biggest fan. And yeah. someone said, you should send it to Betty Crocker. Betty Crocker and I and I well I don't have a producer and I'll I'll do the best I can but I'm fucking trying to I'm trying to get land gigs sell sell music when I can and I was working with artists then too they'd asked me to make music for them yeah so I was busy like because again I didn't want to lose what I was doing and I was trying to learn but it's hard to stop it was really hard to stop and go now I got a big Betty Crocker to play my song. Exactly. <laughs> You're you already know, doing like, so much, so many hats. You got to be promoter, yeah. artist, and you know all these things. Like how how much yeah. can you know? That's where you got to get a team together. And yeah, were you comfortable with your singing style for your next Vov Jungle album, which was Cream Corn Bath? Is that right? Cream Corn Bath. Yeah, it's Cream Corn Bath. Two thousand two. Yeah. Uh, we. Well, there's uh, Models for Jelly was 2000, so it's Models for Jelly, which was produced by Stephen Falk. Models for Jelly, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I had two songs on films in there, like for like a film, and worked with the guy who made Sharknado. He he used put really? a lid on it. And, yeah, he used it in uh, a, a movie called Jane White is Sick and Twisted, and it's kind of a head of all the culty kind of, you know. Mm, making fun of reality show movies it's it was actually a lot of people panned it but it's actually kind of a funny movie and i'm i'm proud to say that 
uh, fellow Canadian, Colin Mockery, when my, my, his role is in it, this part when he's in it, and my music's played behind him, we're the only Canadians on it. Yeah, yeah I gotta check and that then, out. Um, um, the, okay, Canadiana Striptease, 2006. Yeah, that's, that's a kooky one. It's oh, a great yeah. album, I love it, I've been listening to it quite a bit, oh, actually. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, that one, um, again, it had kind of a weird, the end mastering was there was actually a, a something happened. So whoever has that album, there is actually a recording quality problem with it, which is even better. But I was like, wow. It's, yeah, so like, kind of like after you put it out, you realize there was a mistake in the recording? Just something, again, if you don't have producers, you learn things. And don't tell me all those people out there doing music haven't made a mistake because they have. Like, yeah, everyone <laughs> makes some weird, especially... In that time when we were using, I was using Pro Tools and, you know, there is, um, I was selling music. My my ex-husband, uh, he, he actually really maintained my website and I had, I was selling music right from my website in 2002. Really? Like, no, wow. there was no, I don't think there was iTunes. It was just, or it was starting, but I said, how can I do it so I don't have to have iTunes or anybody selling it or a middle, middle person? And he's yeah. like. And he, but it was hard because it would, if the person didn't, if you couldn't get bandwidth, they, a thousand people liked it and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, we don't have enough bandwidth. So a lot of these people won't get their songs, but they'll pay for them. So it was, yeah, like you, we tried to do it. And then I said, we can't do this. This is bad because people started saying, I'm having a problem trying to download, but I paid for it. And it's like, could you imagine if you, got all this money and just sent oh my god i was like just let's just take it off because obviously this technology isn't really out there yet oh, and, well, and you it know, certainly seems like there's uh, a bigger soundscapes uh in in that album as well as far as like there's that one song that uh seems it's very slow uh it has the opening is and then it kind of oh uh fuhashita yeah fuhashita I love how it just kind of, there's a different turn on there, and then you got some nice chants like, uh, this can't happen, this can't happen. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. I really, yeah, it's a pretty groovy album. It, it felt really good at the time, actually, and I'm only, I'm a bit disappointed as the old computer, the hard drive's done, it died, and I couldn't revive the original tracks, which could have got mastered in a different way. Oh, that's, and that's too was, bad. Yeah. Television yeah. Less is great as well. Like, that's just, like yeah. those songs on that album, man, I can't, you definitely, uh, you remember them after you hear them, you know? Uh, oh, thanks. Pap Rock is uh, 2007, oh yeah, about seven, 2007 release. Um, what about that album? What, what stands out in that album for you? The recording or the songs? Oh, the, the recording. 
recording is like Al Hooney mastered it, and it sounds like it's like just mastering is next to godliness. It's just <laughs> you have to do it because psychologically, people don't listen. Didn't li- at the time wouldn't pay attention, and now nobody would. But I could honestly say. I produced that whole album uh, on my own, uh, except for the mastering. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds really like big and like, it's just very cool and fun. So um, yeah, I really like, I like Baba Laba and I liked my dirty friends yeah. and the Shiz FM in Quebec city at university of Laval. Like they love, they played um, get my way. it was I was like what's with get my way like but yet <laughs> I find it amazing when people remember certain songs because I don't I know them all but I can't you can't review them when you make them it's just yeah I go oh, I like that well yeah that was yeah like you don't really know what you like about it but you just like it as the person who made it I For guess sure. you know what, is, is right? let's make love on that album on Paparazzi? Yeah, oh, sorry, Let's Make Love. Damien, yeah, Damien. Were, are you, were you going to bring up that video, perhaps? Because you have a pretty funny video on YouTube yeah. of that song, yeah. uh, which cuts down to a car. Yeah, we were filming another thing, and we can. I didn't storyboard. You know, I storyboard now. Like, we, did a, we shot a video for the new album last week, so it's mm-hmm. like a storyboard. We had, to, we had six, eight people here, not ten, and it's distance so you have to you know i have to make sure they knew how to use this is where you throw your papers after because we have to keep everything safe you know you're dancing outside like you know but um yeah at the time uh you know it wasn't as thorough so he got a camera and you know got a handheld we're doing a handheld video and sometimes they work right you do something and just do it and it's downtown it's on like a fire escape or a rooftop or something yeah you know what he'd be fine if i said this warren carther is my friend he's a famous artist from winnipeg he's huge he does uh he has stuff in 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 uh, Japan, like he's just like he's super cool, and I know him. Luckily, he's a very kind person. I said, "Do you mind if uh, Elsa and Colleen Rajat, who's uh, on APTN, her studio's in there too?" And I know her, and I said, "Could I like you know record? Could we record up here because it's kind of cool? It's a warehouse." He says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, like on the deck, you know, outside." So all of a sudden, I went outside, and one of the songs was playing out, and I looked outside. And, you know, you, we're observant as humans. We all pretend maybe sometimes we're not, and then we do notice things. And yeah. went down, oh, my God, this car, I instantly knew it was a John and possibly a prostitute. I just had a feeling because yeah. no one goes behind the place. I, I was thinking, nobody, why is there a beige car on top? It's a beige car, right? So non kind of nondescript. And I said, all of a sudden, I said, put the, put, 
the camera on. Like, just put it on. Swear, I swear this happened. And Damien was like, what? And I said, just start recording. Just listen to me. And then Let's Make Love came on. Yeah, once in a while, your head is in the clouds. And you're streaking inside. And you're feeling like a freak house. It's time to unwind and check out all your lines. Give me some time, yeah, and give me some wine. turned down and we that's what we caught all in one take he's with a again with i think with a prostitute and he's making out with her and they're doing it's their a thing great shot too through the windshield looking down you see the guy's ass go up and down and up and down and I then he's finished Actually, and he's grabbing kleenex <laughs> you see her leg this lady's foot like her socked foot like it's it's just so funny and and we brilliant it out actually we're going to uh re-release it and have it clear even because we thought well maybe we should hide these people but they're still you can't make them out totally so we'll make sure that you can't see them of course no license plate this is years ago on top of it but um i just think we were just really lucky and and we've had friends say that should be go viral and it's like at the time it was we just put it out but we weren't really sure like i always worried that someone might get after us but i realized post i was so paranoid about someone being found out like what if this is like your uncle (laughs) (laughs) and your aunt or your aunt is on the receiving and i don't know like you you know what it's a lesson for for anyone you you can't be too careful (laughs) if you're gonna have sex outdoors uh and then okay let's move on to uh Crash, right? DJ Bikini. Oh, Crash. Oh, yes. You're really, yeah, you got him. Um, I got Crash is, And that's yeah, the first it, time that you have DJ Bikini on an album along with Vov Jungle. Yeah, yeah, totally. So how did DJ totally. Bikini come about? Uh, I was working I was uh, working at Vault. It was a new salon in Winnipeg, and I was just starting there, and I was, you know, I didn't have a lot of clients yet, so I was like, buzzing around I'd work at tallest poppy waitressing a bit you know just because I was building my clientele and then I went to uh my friend's gallery which was cream gallery uh Leela Huak she owned gallery yeah I know Leela. Very, yep. yeah very yes exactly very cool gallery actually cool, if you gal, think cool gallery for sure really really awesome and she uh um, I was coming in there and she goes, wow, you got really fit. Like, cause I was, you know, a little pudgier and I got, I got kind of a little bit of an abs and she's like, wow, she's kind of, you got a little bit of a glammy lady thing going on. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And she, and she's, and then I would, I would help her at the gallery and she said, um, bring some music, you know? And then I brought some music. She's, this is fucking great. Like she just liked what I was bringing and I would bring like, um, everything from Sig Sig Spudnik to Serge Gainsbourg to <laughs> nice. like this, this is fun you know wild stuff right uh-huh. she said one day you should DJ in a bikini and call yourself DJ bikini like retro like DJ bikini or work horses and I was like that'd be kind of fun actually uh-huh. and I didn't really think about DJing per se and I thought well what if I sang and I DJed I could sing and DJ like it, maybe I do a song and then it feeds into the next song so that's kind of how it happened. So I was only doing gallery events then. And oh. uh, 
Yeah, and then I, I played at the infamous Orphanage. I called the Orphanage. I had, that's all I can say, and I was there for two years, and I'd play there every Friday night from 1 or 2 in the morning to about 4, sometimes 5.30 in the morning. I'm not familiar with this, and you, it sounds like you can't talk about it much, but this is like an after hours? Yeah, okay. yeah, and it was, it was actually really, really cool, and I, it gave me a place to play, and I felt like I got the gig at that place, and a lot of uh, you know, you start learning about other DJs and how people work, and some there's some really nice DJs, but there are people that were, oh my god, that DJ came and plugged his, like I went to the washroom for two minutes. He plugged his his um, what were they? Their storage devices. Oh Anyways, yeah, external uh, memory. External yeah. memory, but it was orange one, and I remember I wanted to get one because it holds all this stuff. He literally took my music, and I oh, came really? back and. I, I unplugged it and I said, get out of here uh, because actually the bouncer, he's a really nice guy, but he would have my, I don't know what could have happened, but I didn't say anything. I said, you got to get out of here right now. Yeah, and I was, shit. And, yeah. But I remember there were producers that, you know, there were film people that came. There was lots. It was, I felt like I was doing something sort of really fun and different you know like right. whatever so that was kind of cool and, and when you say you so, were singing yeah, I mean, over uh songs were you singing over your own songs or like instrumentals? Songs, okay own. so it's a mix yeah. of your songs plus artists you like exactly but when i did the orphanage orphanage i should say um yes <laughs> children's orphanage the the um i would dance i didn't really sing so i would dance to music yeah and I had a little stage. There was someone made us this cute little stage, and there was a gun behind me, like across the wall, like a, a you know, not a working gun. Yeah. And I would dance, and I'd play crazy mixes, and I really, it was really, really fun. And I felt like I, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it was actually really cool. It wasn't doing a, a wedding or a social. It was like I felt like I was being an artist. And then after a while you think you're doing late nights and I'm working at a hair salon. Plus my brother was massively ill and I was going to see him. I have to build up my clients, but I'm also going to Vancouver all the time. It was right. going to BC. It was, it was a hard, it was kind of a hard time, but I got through it, but it made me feel like I was doing something, but I do my job. I do my thing and I leave. I'm just, that's, that was great. It was fun. Right. You know, and then so. crash, uh, the album Crash seems to take more of a yes. like a, almost like a big band turn. I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong with that, but it seems like it's more traditional instruments on there. Am I oh, wrong? Oh, that's interesting. It might be the the rhythms I use. You know, it might be that that you're hearing possibly. Yeah. Why must you sit there and wait for the next snowfall and drink all that good coffee and up for Definitely thinking Madeline and, Kahn for some reason. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, but that's exactly. She's one of my idols. Like, she totally is one of my idols. Oh yeah, so, she's amazing. Um, I love a little. Yeah, tongue in cheek is like. 
I can't get through life with having time time in because <laughs> how are we here? Like I I can be in any situation and I'll sit there and I'll dissect the situation and go, how come I I mean, apart from a funeral, but even funerals can be absolute insanity. Like we do have to laugh at things more, especially now. We really yeah. do. Everyone listening can go to Eve Rice Gallery and and check out uh, uh, links to uh, the Vov Jungle albums. I'm assuming the new album is going to be found there as well. Or you can purchase it on iTunes. But also, uh, your art is up there, and how you have amazing paintings and amazing amazing vision. I was just wondering what when did you start painting? Is it the same kind of inspiration, like the seventies, sixties? Yeah, I I think it's you know I received it as as a gift from my partner's family. They didn't know what to get me for Christmas, and I always forget to buy paint because I used to be, you know, high school. Of course, I painted and I did really well in art. You know, oh, <laughs> like okay. I have that art, have that art gene, I guess, whatever. So I did paint then, and then I haven't at all since. Like I I used to do big heads of. You know, went with crazy crayons. I mean, was a kid or something. I mean, I hang them on the ceiling. I just with big hair. I don't yeah. know hair. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it was always like giant hair. It was all uh, Amy Winehouse kind of stuff. So, and then um, his family bought me paints for Christmas, and I went, oh, this is awesome, you know. And he left to work, and he he's a science guy, and he came home after, and I did a painting for him. He says. He really liked it. And I said, well, I did, told you I painted. Mm. And then I just started painting like a mad woman. And I did like, I think I've done 200 paintings like since 2015, which oh, is pretty wow. surprising even for me. But I also lose focus. Like, yeah, it's a big thing. I forgot about painting is like you can lose focus and go, I don't want to do this now. Like you kind of just <laughs> you have to scrap everything. And then um, all of a sudden you're into it. But yeah, I think my themes are a mix. I, I actually I do a flower painting, but it's not typical flowers. It's more petals. Like I, I like put thousands of petals in a painting, but distance to forward. So it's yeah. like there's a distance to it. And it's kind of been a popular one. Um, I've sold some pretty... My stuff is at Gallery Lacoste in Winnipeg, but I also get self-commissioned. And then I had an art show here. Yeah. Um, here being COVID. Uh, your house, your home? Yeah. And okay. I've been having, uh, yes, and I have a studio here. Like, so we did it here. And uh, you have to create your world re- uh, like I did before, but now you create it a little bit differently. We have to For find sure. different ways to yeah. yeah, and get things wrapped up or try to get a buzz. You know, how do you get a buzz? You know, you, well, yeah. like, <laughs> you have some on your on your website, like the Prairie Fire. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that is amazing. It looks like you have all these little faces in there as well. And it's just like, the, once yeah. again, it's all the colors. It's all the colors I, being like thrown oh. off the canvas there. It's very colorful and rhinestone. Amazing. Like just great stuff. Go Everyone go it's check weird. it out. Go to uh, evericegallery.com. And my music links are there too, so they're like there's both on there. So yeah. And let's talk about this new album. What can we expect? Uh, well, it's all a vintage equipment, uh, produ- like productions. So I'm using everything from my old Pro, Pro Tools on an EMAC to um, the 50th anniversary Hammond organ, as I was mentioning. Yeah. Um, 
what else? I'm using drums, congas, uh, shakers, things that people used to use kind of or you'd find in a classroom when you were a kid, but kind of reinventing them. And again, it gives it sort of a vintage sound, but I'm not trying to sound like I'm just playing an organ. I'm also uh, making environments. I'm actually playing the drums on some things. And I'm with a, a guy who also is a drummer in the windups um, in the city. Oh, so nice. he's, yeah, so he's very, like I said, how's the drumming? He says, well, it's great. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he wants to rock it up. He wants to rock and roll. Yeah. Like he does, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, so anyways, but that's kind of cool. So yeah, it's kinda, you're living with expert yeah. advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And also, I do have a song in the new album that I involve Google Translation. Um, there's a little that in it. Nice. Um, Rice, in my hand, I have 100 questions uh, ready for you. And we're gonna, I'm going to ask them in rapid style. And you just okay. try to answer as fast as you can. You have to be honest. Because uh, okay. 90% of them have to be correct. And they're nice and easy questions. You know, nothing too hard. Uh you know, this or that, fill in the blank, what's your favorite, blah, 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 okay? Uh, there's going to be five minutes on the clock. Okay. Tonight's money shot for Eve Rice is... The number of the beast, $6.66. And you may ask why, and I say, because I can, because I can. Where do you live? Where do you sleep? In a bed. Do you wear pajamas? No. Do you wear slippers? Yes. Name a brand of shoe. Fluva. Name a serial cartoon character. Uh, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Flintstone. Name a composer. What was that? Name a composer. Uh, Beethoven. Uh, favorite dance move. Twerk. How many weddings have you attended? Ten. Okay. Do you like Diet Cola? No. Name an animal in Manitoba. Uh, beaver. Luke or Leia? Leia. Mustache or beard? Beard. Checkers or chess? Chess. Name a comedian. You. Ah, nice one. Name a musical uh, uh, duo. Uh, Ghost Twin. Ooh, nice. Have you seen Citizen Kane? Yes. Name a Chaplin movie. Oh, God. You can pass if you want it, if you like. I'm going to pass it because I was just watching him, and how come it's his best movie? Anyways, keep going. Sorry. Name, name a type of tree. Ash. Have you shot a gun? 
No. Have you shot an arrow? No. Oh, favorite smell. What's your favorite smell? Uh, lavender vanilla. Ooh, very specific. Do you own paint? Yes. You must own paint. Have you ever hitchhiked? Yes. Okay. Uh, have you, uh, received a speeding ticket? No. What? Oh, man. Can you speak a second language? French, kind of. Yeah, kind of French. Mac or PC? Mac. Have you jumped off a cliff? No. Have you jumped out of an airplane? No. Uh, name a la- name a Lord of the Rings character. Pass. Uh, she's passing. Uh, name a Clint Eastwood film. Uh, Ooh, nice scene. You're passing. Okay. <laughs> have you, uh, have you been to a- What's that? Which cast do you send us, kid? Uh, I think that's. Is that Clint? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to the drive-in in drive-in theater in Morden? No. Have you been to the so. old drive-in theater in Shamrock? No, I haven't actually. Uh, name a song from Greece. Uh, the one that I want, Grease Lightning. Sure. Uh, have you seen Hamilton Broadway show on TV or whatever? No, I haven't. No. Uh, the best pizza in Winnipeg. Uh, Nicolino's. Ooh, best sushi in Winnipeg. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've been to a few sushi. Is sushi train? Oh, you know, yeah, maybe. Sushi I'm taking the sushi train as an answer. Uh, yeah. Name a business at the Forks. Oh, uh, well, let's just say Pancake House for now. Sure. I know there's a wine for it. <laughs> Name something. Yeah. Name something square shaped. Square shaped. Uh, a cake. <laughs> Favorite flavor of gum. Uh, pe- pe- peppermint. Peppermint. Uh, where do you buy ice cream? Uh, One minute. Chibian. Uh, where? Chibian. Chibian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, new, the old banana. Are you a gardener? Somewhat. <laughs> First album purchased. Oh my god. Uh, let me think here. The B-52s. First album. Oh, nice. Uh, best Beatles album. I do like Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul. Uh, have you uh, bet on a horse? Yes. Have you been? Uh, have you been on a horse? I've been on. I've been on a horse. Uh, have yes. you ever milked a cow? Fifteen seconds. <laughs> yes. Favorite vacation destination? Hawaii. Butter, salted or unsalted? Unsalted. Uh, what lives in water? Uh, fish. <laughs> That's all she wrote. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eve. How bad was I? How bad was it? Well, you... <laughs> you did pass. I think you got about 50. I think you got Is halfway. Holy jeez. Yeah. I should have been fast. I was supposed to be lightning, but I'm just like... <laughs> I'm sort of like slow lightning, not grease lightning today. So... 
<laughs> Why was I thinking about them? You know, someone did this to me before and I was fast. So I don't know what happened to me, but anyways, whatever. Eve, once again, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, doing the show. Sorry. Yeah, it was super fun, Ron. Yeah, yeah this has no, been great. Super cool. Right on. <laughs> <Did it. laughs>